Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, a program presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization working for social change for 26 years. We are broadcasting from the 3CR studio on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're continuing our focus on Israel and Gaza, but also turning our attention to the role of the United Nations, which was, and still is, uh, for keeping international peace and order. Yeah. We've talked about the UN quite a few times in past programs, including its role in keeping international peace and security, protecting human rights, and upholding international law as well as delivering humanitarian aid. The UN secures international agreement on a range of issues affecting people's security around the world in different nations, uh, their security and well-being. And being established following World War II, or close behind World War II, I would add that it's meant to act as a counter to the might is right imperative. And I mean the imperative that those who have the most power can set the rules and do pretty much what they like. Which goes a lot to explain why the US doesn't like the UN too much, but we will come to back to that later. Yeah, let's first have a brief recap of last week's program. We tried to offer a more historically informed understanding of the Gaza crisis, especially connect the events of the past, of the past four months, which presumably, according to our news and uh, the public opinion, it seems, started only recently on the 7th of October last year. Yeah, that's the way the story goes. That's right. So, But to remedy this misconception, we went back further in time and connected the Gaza crisis with regional and global political events of the last 150 years or so. We situated the early steps towards the establishment of the State of Israel in the persecutions Jewish people endured in the late 1800s and early 1900s in many places across Europe and elsewhere. Millions of Jewish people migrated to safer countries, especially to the US, whilst the small minority followed the call of Zionist activists to settle in Palestine with a lot of resistance by other major groups in the Jewish populations. And that was in a region, Palestine, still then pretty much under the control, colonial control, of Imperial Britain and France. And and in our last program we outlined the establishment of the State of Israel in 1947, enabled by the initial support for Herzl's Zionist movement by the British Foreign Minister Balfour in 1917. Yeah, that was with the establishment of the State of Israel in 1947, leading to the violent expulsion of 700,000 Palestinians, the destruction of 500 of their villages, and therewith 
to the need for some kind of support for the Palestinians by the international community to occur through the just freshly established United Nations. They just have been established in October 1945. Yeah, and it's interesting how the UN in its current form was established around the same time as that Zionist state Mm. with both Mm. taking quite different Mm -hmm. um, emphases, I guess, in Mm -hmm. relation to human rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it was the UN that picked up the pieces, I should say, of those initial onslaughts on the Palestinian people by the nation-state of Israel. Mm -hmm. And that led to the establishment of the UN agency UNRWA, UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East. Yeah, with the Near East... These days we call the Middle East. Middle East, that's right, at the end of 1949. The major part of the Palestinian refugees ended up in camps uh, along the Jordan River's West Bank and in the Gaza Strip, many others taking refuge in Egypt, Lebanon, Syria and Jordan, the neighbouring countries or even further away. And with UNRWA being so much in the news lately, um, as well as this terrible situation in Gaza, this history, I think, is really important. Yeah, it certainly is, as it is accused of supporting Hamas terrorism. Mm. The UNRWA is the longest existing sub-agency of the United Nations, directly reporting to the United Nations General Assembly. Until today, it is still responsible for... and listen to this, 5.9 million Palestinians living across several countries. Then in 1967, Israel occupied the West Bank, Gaza, East Jerusalem and the Syrian Golan Heights. Yeah, which it illegally annexed in, I think, 1981, but before that there were several dates. Yeah, that's right. These occupations enlarged the work of UNRWA greatly. All of its work not financed directly by the United Nations, but by United Nations member states, mostly the US and the European Union Commission, and then many European uh, uh, nations part of the European Union, mm-hmm. Sweden and the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, and, and Jacques, does the State of Israel fund it too, seeing it's causing the ongoing humanitarian disaster for Palestinians. Mm. I think I know the answer, but I think I should ask. No, it doesn't. Because of its assumed eternal claim to that part of Palestine and its being victim of the atrocities under the Nazi regime in w- in the Second World War. And we need to also remember that the majority of Jewish peoples in many countries actually resisted the Zionist claim, were anti-Zionist and even anti the establishment of the nation of Israel. Mm. So the role of UNRWA is to support Palestinian refugees in all the areas they have been expelled to or took refuge in. And about 30,000 people work for UNRWA. So it's huge, 30,000. Yes, mostly local Palestinians. Yeah, and its services are pretty vital, aren't they? They include uh, education, family services, uh, welfare subsidies, crisis help and some infrastructure works. That's right, and it is the only life support and employer for Palestinians. Remember the number, 5.9 million. Mm. 
Whilst there has been some historical criticism for corruption and maladministration, those instances, historical instances, have been always adequately and publicly dealt with. About 13,000 of the 30,000 employees of UNRWA live and work in Gaza, and Israel has been complaining about the collaboration between UNRWA and Hamas, not to forget also that Israel supported Hamas about uh, 20 or so years ago against the PLO, mm -hmm. just to uh, divide and rule, as they say. Mm -hmm. But it thereby deliberately ignores the difference between Hamas, Israel does, between Hamas and the civil government providing services in Gaza since 2006, uh, 2006 or 2006, and the political military movement uh, which is the ones which is uh, has been uh, doing the uh, massacre in South Israel. Yeah. So, so while Israel's accusations aren't new, most recently, as probably most people have heard, they accused 12 UNRWA members of participating in Hamas's assault in southern Israel on the 7th of October. Which that number of 12 has been later reduced to four. And still under investigation and not that's, proven. That's yeah? correct, and, yeah. Um, Sue Bolton was talking on Greenleaf Radio last week about this, and I thought she made a great analogy. She compared the accusation and the reaction to it as finding wrongdoing by four or so people in the whole Victorian Health Department, then cutting off all funding to the Victorian Health Department on this basis. And then some suggesting New South Wales could step in and take over take over the services. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a great analogy. Yeah, I think it's a good comparison, yes. Whilst the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, the UNRWA, uh, is uh, never denied that some of their personnel would be Hamas sympathisers, it demands strict neutrality from its workers, forbidding any form of resistance. And that seems rather effective, given that only four or 12, not even, <laughs> you know, uh, confirmed really out of 13,000 workers would allegedly have participated, which is something like 0.0003%. Yeah, some great math shark. <laughs> the drastic and almost immediate decision by nine member states led by the US and the, U and the UK and very quickly followed by Australia to hold their contributions to UNRWA is thus utterly disproportionate to the alleged facts. And it has to be said that the timing of that decision is very suspect. Indeed, the aspiration that 12 or 4 UNRWA employees had presumably participated in the 7th of October attacks was made by Israel relatively quickly after the 7th of October and they were immediately dismissed by the UNRWA awaiting confirmation as the accusations derived only from Israeli information. Yeah, and I think we'll be coming back to that um, later in the program, mm -hmm. but it was dismissed, the accusations were dismissed, but trotted out again. Mm -hmm. um, That's right, later, yeah. For political purposes, which we'll go into. But uh, I should really highlight, I think, that the current pauses in funding, uh, UNRWA, will inevitably lead to mass Palestinian deaths. That, that's inevitable. 
one Gaza resident speaking to Al Jazeera and quoted in the Saturday paper said, quote, if UNRWA stops operating in the Gaza Strip, we will die. We will starve in the streets. Yeah, and unquote. I should. Yes, unbelievable. And I should. And I should add that I have direct kind of witnesses living in Palestine, in or in uh, our West Bank, uh, Flemish people who are, actually have married Palestinians, and they regularly report back to our networks in Belgium and in Europe. And the situation is just absolutely in both Gaza as well as in the rest of. Uh, uh, Israeli-occupied Palestine is just unbelievably bad. Yes, and we'll get more updates from them. Mm -hmm. That's the right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on that note, let's have some music. Give Me the Flute by Hossam Hayek. <laughs> listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855 AM on your dial and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking again, and we should be talking again, about the dire situation in Gaza and why the UN, which is the international body mandated to broker international order and peace, is being actively undermined. Before the break, we were talking about how UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees, which was providing humanitarian support to people in Gaza, has had funds by some donor countries suspended after the Israel government alleged that a handful of UNRWA employees had engaged in the 7th of October massacre in southern Israel. The reaction to accusations of four 12 or 4 UNRWA That's right. personnel participating in the Hamas massacre contrast sharply with the reaction to the systematic destruction of UNRWA installations, schools, hospitals and food depots and the killing of over 140 UNRWA employees by the Israeli Defence Forces since the 16th of October. Mm. 
And incidentally, Israel chose its time well to belatedly trot out again the alleged participation of UNRWA staff in the 7th of October massacre, just a few days after the The Hague International Justice Court's almost unanimous decision that Israel can be accused of committing genocide in Gaza. Yeah, so that's the International Court of Justice, the ICJ, the top, which is the top United Nations court for handling disputes between states. So to recap, South Africa brought a case of genocide against Israel to the court in response to what's happening in Gaza. And in a ruling 15 to 2, the ICJ ruled that there is a risk, a credible risk, that genocide against the Palestinians is happening and that Israel has a responsibility to prevent acts of genocide and prevent genocide by its armed forces. And in defining genocide, the ICJ said Israel is not to kill or harm Palestinians in Gaza or inflict conditions that bring about physical destruction. It also said that Israel must take measures to improve the humanitarian situation for Palestinian civilians in Gaza. Um, and it's not the um, direct demand for a ceasefire that many would have liked, but within this time frame, it's some pretty strong came to some pretty strong statements and requirements in it, in its determination on um, and requirements for Israel, <laughs> and also uh, the directions probably together pretty much make up a ceasefire in effect. Mm-hmm. So uh, Israel uh, has to report to the International Court of Justice what it's doing in response to this judgment by the 25th of February. And that particularly also indirectly or even directly uh, implicates the donor countries who have uh, cut their funding uh, because they therewith contribute to the ongoing slaughter. Oh, and the the humanitarian disaster where Palestinian people are dying. Yes, yes, yes. And Israel's response, a coincidental discrediting of UNRWA, of the work of UNRWA aiding Palestinian people, followed by several nations pausing funding for the United Nations, which I just said, therefore implicates them directly and indirectly Mm. in all the consequences of the genocide. Yeah, so... A rather cynical and obvious ploy, it would seem, with obvious disregard for the lives of thousands of innocent Palestinian civilians. And, and where is the critique of all of this in our in our public commentary in Australia? Yeah, nowhere, really, if you think about it. There's some, some glimpses, as yesterday's interview of uh, Minister Wong showed, yeah. uh, some questioning of... Sarah Ferguson. <laughs> that's right. But overall, not in the mainstream media or by our politicians or other public commentators. The link between Israel's obvious destructive manoeuvre of the UNRWA accusation and the, IC, the, the ICJ decision, the the, high, the Hague Court decision is never mentioned, nor is it mentioned that Israel has been publicly wanting to get rid of the UNRWA for much longer than the recent October events. Indeed, it has stated repeatedly that as long as UNRWA exists, it will not be able to achieve its its own, that means Israel's ultimate goal, to be the only presence from sea to river 
as we detailed last week. And so I, I guess this is a rhetorical question. Is the problem that UNRWA is keeping Palestinians alive and on land that Israel wants for itself? Yep, that's basically what it is, mm. exactly. The elimination logic of settler colonialism is clearly yeah. on show. Which we talked about last week and has a long history. That's correct, including the enthusiastic support of Israel's Zionist project by the other Anglo-Saxon settler states, including Australia. The destruction mo move by Israel also finds resonance in the U.S.'s sudden, sudden proposal for a humanitarian pause in the war. That pause would allow Israel to defend itself against accusations more adequately as it needs to appear before the judges of the International Court of Justice at the end of February. So continuing to bomb till that date is not a good show. Mm. And which attempt has just yesterday been killed off by Netanyahu, by Netanyahu's refusal to agree to the proposed four-month ceasefire. The Age Today reports that Netanyahu rejects Hamas's truce offer. And I quote, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said total victory in Gaza was within reach and rejected the latest offer from Hamas for a ceasefire to ensure the return of hostages still held in the besieged enclave. Mm. So, uh, as we used to say, when the Russians opposed something the US was proposing in the UN, yet. And, and I guess an uh, interesting point is, for the first time, Israel has to defend itself as the mm. accused rather than posing in its victim garb, which uh, has really been... Um, that they've been stretching that one out for a long time. Absolutely, as many Jewish people would actually uh, acknowledge. Yes. As well, there is growing critique and resistance to support for Israel in the US, especially against the policies of the reigning Democratic Party in the US, with more than 60% of the population demanding an immediate creation, a cessation, sorry, cessation of the Gazan war. So nearly two-thirds of the US population wants a ceasefire. That's um, very high, a very high proportion in such a divided nation. Mm -hmm. and, and you'd think US leaders and aspiring leaders would have to take notice. Yeah, the re-election chances of Biden are not doing that well. And while the US and the West more generally have lost all possibilities of claiming any believability about their stance about human rights and other democratic values. Indeed, the decision by the International Court of Justice is the result of decades of world protests and, activ and activism and opinion about Israel's illegal occupation of Palestinian land and its abuses against the people. The almost unanimous decision by the International Court of Justice vindicates this. So the immediate reaction of the nine Western nations to stop funding for UNRWA has received a lot of mm. negative reaction. Yeah. A, a backlash, as more, point, more people point out that the emperor is wearing no clothes. That's right. Yeah, so the question is, what is Australia doing? Well, a few commentators in alternative media have been providing some pretty sharp critique of Australia's responses. Peter Henning writes in Pearls and Irritations, uh, writing in, in Pearls and Irritations, points out that within hours 
of Israel being ordered by the International Court of Justice to take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip by the ICJ, as I said, Australia reacted by pausing its funding to UNRWA. Mm. He says that the speed of the Australian response without asking any questions in conform, conform, conformity with the US, of course, was striking. It is a pattern, he says, with the Albanese government refusing to support any aspect of South Africa's case to the International Court of Justice about possible actions of genocide by Israel, while si saying it didn't support the premise of the case. One wonder what that may mean. Meekly mirroring the Washington line of the case being without merit or factual basis. Before even investigation. That's correct. And just to quote Peter Henning, this is all in accord with the complete failure of the Albanese government to condemn the mass murder and mass destruction occurring in Gaza. The massacre of at least 30,000 people, the physical maiming of tens of thousands more, the terrorizing of more than two million the destruction of hospitals, schools, dense urban housing and infrastructure, and the deliberate targeting of refugee camps, food and medical supplies, and the promotion of starvation and diseases throughout the whole population is simply a full concern, a mm. false concern, yeah. end of quote. So there we are following the US once more. Um, unfortunately, uh, I guess um, Australia is siding with the US and the State of Israel too, um, in undermining, is undermining the role of the United Nations, mm -hmm. which is where we started this program, talking about the role of the United Nations, its vital role. And we'll put some articles on our program page about this. But it's a great shame, uh, given Australia's proud history, in helping set up the United Nations in the first place. So, uh, to quote Margaret Reynolds from an article uh, titled... Is this what Australia has become? Uh, she says, Australian governments must be proud of the significant role our nation played in founding the global institution to bring humanity and security to all nations after the de devastating consequences of World War II. So we played a really mm -hmm. um, oh, positive did. role. Absolutely. But elsewhere in the article, she says that our government is now weak and compliant in its response to grave threats to the UN system, a UN that is being ignored with its very future undermined. Mm -hmm. Instead, we meekly follow the US, which Margaret Reynolds also points out is always ready to promote its national view of an international rules-based order, so-called. Yeah, the US self-interested view. No, totally. Whilst paying little respect to the work of UN United Nations staff, lawyers and government representatives who have worked patiently for years to negotiate standards so that nations can cooperate in the interest of global peace. Yeah. 
And as we've argued before, even with all its imperfections, we need the United Nations now more than ever. I would totally agree. What's taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us any comments about today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. As always, our past programs are available by podcast on a variety of platforms and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.